Hey, welcome to BTS Podcast, and that is hashtag BTS Podcast if you are looking it up. Uh, this is another episode recorded at South by Southwest. This particular episode is with David Maxime. He is a performer, which is how we met. And then during a casual conversation, in fact, on the day that this episode was recorded, I found out that he has worked in reality TV for many years. And so I knew I had to have him on the podcast, especially because he's a performer. And so, um, and his work as a performer is also tied to video. He goes by Video Dave. You may have caught him on tour with Open Mike Eagle. And we get into what it means to work in reality TV and what the worst job is that he's had. Um, we joke a lot, we talk a lot about mental health and wellness. And, you know, especially I think for someone who has worked in reality TV for some time, he has seen the um, format and a lot of just the different concerns and thoughts care as the entire industry becomes more transparent and just our lives in general a lot of times become more transparent. So he gets into yeah just the nuts and bolts of how reality TV crews work, um, trauma on the jobs that he's had and stuff like that. Um, he is your future Mr. Rogers, you'll hear why, and he's great. I want to thank Trendscaping for partnering with me, um, and by me I mean BTS Podcast surrounding South by Southwest. Trendscaping is a really great community for exploring and uh, sharing and collaborating on insights. I found it really helpful. They are really great at sharing authentic and meaningful insights across verticals and just across different regions and perspectives and i really appreciate the work that they do sign up for their newsletter and look into contributing um, if you're listening to this you probably have the kind of brain that likes to just be perpetually curious and that is often the type of brain that is great at trend forecasting and sharing that type of information i know for me i was really hesitant for a long time to share anything because i felt like it just felt weird to only share it on my own platforms and I wasn't going to start a blog fully dedicated to trend forecasting. So being able to have this as an outlet for those observations that I have has been really helpful. Um, so please do sign up for their newsletter, follow them at, at Trendscaping across social. And if you would like to support this podcast, there's a few ways you can do that. One is by using my Soothe promo code. Soothe is really great for in-home massages. My code is LZLRZ. Um, look them up, download the app, and you will save, I believe it's either $20 or $25 off your first massage. Uh, another one that you can use, which is also incredibly helpful, is Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight just was acquired by Airbnb, which is very exciting. And they do a really great job of last minute hotel booking. So they basically work with hotels that are quality hotels to find space that they have and then sell those rooms at a fairly inexpensive, inexpensive rate. I love traveling with Hotel Tonight. I've used it in a variety of cities. You can book, I think up to maybe a hundred days out now. I don't remember, but I've stayed 17 nights in nine different cities in three countries as my profile tells me. Um, I now get better discounts because I think I'm like in a perks level four, uh, whatever that means, but I get better discounts and that's exciting. So please use lcook61 to save on hotel tonight. It helps me be able to record this podcast in peace, um, get a good night's sleep, um, and it's just really, really helpful when I'm traveling. So please use lcook61 um, and you will save 
It says give friends 20% back after their first booking up to $50, which means that you can save up to $50 after their second booking. Um, yeah, I don't know what that means. Anyways, it's great. Um, so far, a few listeners have booked and I really appreciate it. Um, so please do use that for your next travel plans. Anyways, enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome to BTS Podcast. This is your host, Lene Cook, and I am super stoked. God, I feel so lame because I feel like I say that every time, but whatever. I'm always happy when I'm recording for this podcast. Get over it. Um, I am in Austin, Texas. uh, Not out south south by southwest, just sort of surrounding it, I would say. (laughs) Um, And I'm here with uh, David. David, What's your last name? Maxime. Well, I'm here with David Maxime, uh, a.k.a. Video Dave. His hey. friends can call him Dave, but yeah. he'll introduce himself as David when you meet him. <laughs> it's really hard. My name is so plain that I had to figure out a way to spice it up. <laughs> with complexity. <laughs> Just with social confusion. Um, I'm super excited to have him on. So I actually, when I met him, I didn't realize I'd seen him live before. And I quite enjoyed his set. I think I even may have tweeted about it or Instagram storied it because it was great. And he was opening for our mutual friend, Mike Eagle, um, who goes by Open Mike Eagle, who is also great, who mm-hmm. someday will hopefully also be on the podcast. This is great. I liked it. I liked the introduction part of well, this. Well, thank you. Like explaining everything. I feel very grounded. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Um... I have a fee for that. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, So when I met Dave here at the Airbnb that he and Mike are staying at um, and who are being kind enough to let me crash on their couch tonight as well, thank you for your tolerance, um, I then shortly realized when he started pulling up a bunch of crazy videos on the internet, I was like, hold on a second, (laughs) sir. I've seen you perform before. Um, and then realized that he was indeed Video Dave. And so then we started talking a little bit more about what he does and the different things that are going on in his life. Um, and there's a few different sections that I'm super excited to talk to him about. Um, a is obviously your career in music. Mm-hmm. I want to get into that. Um, and I think that then the natural conversation would lead to part B. But for listeners, I just want to let you know the part B is like, what he does to also be able to have a career in music, I assume, and this yeah. is my assumption, I assume that you are also doing these other things, A, because you like it in terms of doing video stuff, mm-hmm. otherwise you would not be Video Dave, you Correct. would be like Scrabble Dave, which <laughs> <laughs> doesn't date, by the way. Um, and so he has a background in video, and so he does that um, presumably also to supplement uh, being able to live like a somewhat more normal human financially. Um, and he works on reality TV shows, which is super interesting and wild. And I have wanted for some time to have someone from reality TV on. And so I'm super excited to have him on. You're you're an editor, right? No, no. I'm a, a producer. For, for reality TV, at this point, I'm a producer. I started oh, okay. off as a camera operator. Really? Yeah. And then? And then uh, then went to associate producer, uh-huh. which is like just office work, emails, and all that. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm the field producer, who essentially in reality TV, the field producer is the director. So, Interesting. Yeah. So then, then is there a director? No, it's me. Okay. Like, I, I, sit there I just and, wanted to know if it was like shifting titer, titles, like it was a rolling thing where like, a te- and then I'm the director and there's this other guy yeah. who's called a director, but really <laughs> he's this. No, uh, directors don't exist in reality TV, at least not the systems I work in. I, I haven't. Interesting. Yeah, it's a produce, the field producer 
is... Do you think that was, like, normal, like, film and TV directors were like, we can't call them directors. They don't do what we do. Maybe. It might have had something to do... Or it might... It's probably even... It's about how much uh, how much more than... Because I've directed things before, and mm-hmm. it's, there's just a whole different workload. Like, right. the director of a project might... You know, that's not ideal, but it's very possible for the director never to meet the cast until the day of shooting. Really? Like, they're just... Yeah, like, if you're directing a music... Uh, commercial or a, right. something like you might not meet this like you're the director because the casting you, director and producer are dealing yeah, with that right you're just here to direct that vision get that done whereas a producer for reality TV I'm the person calling the cast member and sometimes calling the restaurant to see if we could shoot and just all kind of stuff that a director doesn't do so it's like huh. not just and then when we're actually shooting then I'm the director but Got then it. I'm also doing all this kind of like your name yeah. Write it as David. Say it as Dave. No, it's it is. Just just call me a producer. But actually, I'm like so, a director, field producer, all kinds. This of man stuff. is a moving target. I am. <laughs> um, okay, so we're gonna talk about both of those things, which I'm super excited to do because, um, yeah, because that that's also in fact some of the stuff that um, eventually when Mike is on, I'll talk to Mike about too because I think it's really interesting. Um, and honestly, I really appreciate. Uh, creatives who are willing to share sort of like and be vulnerable in that department of just like because uh, I think outwardly there's a perception like I had my friend Jessica on on episode three who's a stand-up comedian and there is the outward perception of like you know in your case like well you're on tour mm-hmm. you're basically famous you know to like friends back home <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. because friends and so it's it's a weird thing because it's your schedule doesn't allow for you to have a super stable normal job right. nor does your brain probably because Correct. like I know I can't um, and I don't even tour. I just do other stuff. Um, and so what, God, that's so, I don't even really know where to start. Like, because his, so his shows are his music, but it's complemented with videos. Mm-hmm. And so what was that like? Like, where did, I assume you started off in music similar to other people in your room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually you started doing shows. Yeah. And then, like, at what point were you like, okay, I can't have a normal job? Or have you never had a normal job? Oh, God, I've had the most normal jobs. Like what? What's the most normal job? Um, Give me your most boring material. My most boring material, the most normal <laughs> job I had was probably Marshall's. I mean, I, my first job. Oh, retail. Yeah, yeah retail. I've, I've done stockroom a few times. I've done office work. I've been the equipment manager for mm-hmm. a school. I can charge all the cameras. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Like I've done, I've done many, many jobs. I've worked at Victoria's Secret. I've worked at really? Enterprise Rent a Car. How uncomfortable! Yeah. Enterprise supposedly has a really good training program. Yeah, that's how they make it sound. No, I hear that's what they tell people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a giant pyramid. Do you thing. feel well trained? I was very well trained. I could rent you a car right now. I'll rent you a car right motherfucking now. With that voice, sure you will. Talk you up too on a break. (laughs) I could get you to pay me thirty extra dollars. I drive out there like some kind of idiot in a Camaro. Yeah, (laughs) a car you didn't want. (laughs) Exactly what you did not come in for. But I'll get you. You just get them into the store. That was one of the main tenets of Enterprise. Like if somebody calls and like, I need a minivan today. Mm. You're like. Come you know, on just come on here. in. Just get them in the store. You'll we'll get them. We'll get in. you with our suits yeah. and voices. And then when they get there, they're like, wait, I told you I needed a minivan. Then, well, you know, we've got this SUV. We've got this. we got and that. they have done that to me before. Mm. I felt had. I was pissed. They had you. It was part of the game. <laughs> I went somewhere else. I didn't even rent from them. Out. That's like, the way to do it. That's how you do it. <laughs> I, just walk the fuck out of there. I was like, no, you wasted my time. Yep. And I left. There's other car rental places. Whenever a car rental company tries to give you that kind of shit, you give yeah. them one chance. Like, I could go somewhere else. If they think, yeah, you're bluffing. Walk out the door. You know what the youth say. Huh. Uber everywhere. 
Hey, is that what they say? <laughs> Just one. Um, so at what point did you start off always with your performances having video in them? Because obviously the music had to come first because mm-hmm. you're doing it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, what was no. that process like for you? Well, I mean, even the process of making music and being on stage and all, like, yeah, we could a have very, a whole separate episode. Yeah, like, I started that back in college and, like, oh, okay. had groups and we used to be on stage and played with a band and mm-hmm. all kind of stuff. Like, I went through all that in the early 2000s, like, when I thought I was going to be a rapper. And I got out of school and I moved down to Miami to rap and all oh, of that just God. eventually fell apart. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> and at that time, my name was Max. <laughs> I worked at a restaurant, but I didn't want everyone calling me Dave. It was a bus, like the manager's name was Dave, and I saw it clear. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to be Black Dave or Busser oh, Dave. Yeah. Like, if, like, <laughs> no, incredible. no, no, I don't want that. Man, that's so, like, forward thinking and mature of you to I, be, like... I saw it coming. It was just like, there's wow. no way. There's something I never have to worry about. So I just told everyone to call me Max, because my stage name at the time was Max Decibels. So I was like, just call me Max. So How was, many stage names have you had? <laughs> a whole bunch. Oh, man. A whole bunch. I was in Co- I was in Cog? No, Cogswell Cogs from the Jetsons. Okay. Then Incog, then uh, the Phenom. That was short-lived. I didn't tell many people about Spelled that. Spelled like the... Like, like Phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, the Phenom. Um, that sounds very, like, in the in the genre of, like, angry rappers. Like, the Phenom. Like, if I heard that, I'd be like, oh, is he opening for a mortal technique? Oh, yeah. Pro- well... Just branding-wise. Yeah, yeah. I, I was very knowledgeable, and my I was really trying to You were like, I have a lot knowledge. of conspiracy theory. Yeah, I had a lot of ideas Deep for dives, Deep yeah. ideas. Was it during the Bush era? Uh, yeah, yeah. This uh, was, well, that was the time for it, it you was. know? It was, it was college days. Yeah. I was very upset. We um, were all angry. Yeah. <laughs> <That was a laughs> if you feeling. weren't, <laughs> you better be angry now. If you weren't angry then, you should be pissed. I'm now. still pissed. Yeah. Estacio Vila, the professional MC, that was one of my favorites. Um, huh. And then I think from Estacio it went to Max. Wow. Max Decibels after Estacio. Is there have have you ever had a therapist? And then no. Okay. They might ask you about this. If they did, if I were your therapist, I'd be like, why do you think that is? Well, because and then you'd go off on a tangent, and I'd be like, well, I got my hundred and eighty-five dollars. Bye. Hey, I go on tangents. That's what I do. (laughs) Um, sorry guys, this is about to be long. Oh, I Buckle mean, up, people. <laughs> you think you can out tangent me? <laughs> oh, sir. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> but I guess the question that you're probably, so the video, Dave, that. Yeah, when did that land? Well, that name, Mike gave me that name. Oh, really? Yeah, because. Uh, he christened you? Yeah, because I, like, I, I, I left New York and came to L.A. to mm-hmm. work with Mike and work on these videos with him. Oh, really? Yeah, to work these music videos. And we were doing all these videos. And I would, like, show up to his house, mm-hmm. you know, just to be there and stuff. And, like, it was just this little period of time where his son is the most polite kid, like a good kid, right? Well, I'm sure. He's, like, I mean, so, A, if you haven't heard of of Open Mike Eagle, you should look him up on Spotify, listen to his music. Yeah, it's right. great. Um, you should see him live when he's in your city. Also, you should listen to his podcast, uh... Is he still doing Secret, Secret Skin? Skin? I don't think he's don't actually like doing it right now, but I think it's going to come back at some point. Well, the episodes are timeless. Go listen yeah. to the goddamn episodes. <laughs> They're very good. Um, he's great. And so um, I imagine also just because he's a super like uh, level-headed, ethical dude that I'm like, obviously his child will his be child, well-behaved. Yeah, very well-behaved, polite, like shakes your hand, looks you in the <laughs> eye, says his name. Aww. Yeah, so What a good little person. Great person. And I got used to that. But then mm-hmm. there's this little stretch where... 
His son would open the door. You know how kids like to open the door. So I'd knock on the, on the door, and the boy would open the door, and he'd just the like, boy. he'd just be like, oh, this Dave? And it like happened a few times You're in like, a row. What other Dave is well, it? Who Ser- else are you Serengeti seeing? Serengeti Dave, who if you don't know about Serengeti, you should listen to his music. He's another uh, friend of ours in the really circle. Who really outdid you with Who the outdid kid. me somehow. So like, it was like a few times in a row, and Mike was just like, man, I'm going to have to start calling you something else, like Video Dave or something. Oh, uh, you then, know what would have been, I, what if, Black Dave? No, no, no. <laughs> Is the other Dave also black? Yes. Then he would have had to been like browner yeah. or browner. Yeah. You would have really Caramel like Dave. Really would have gets getting into all those kind of weird You're like, go buy a yeah. box of all brown crayons and figure yeah. out which, which one's one? closest to the which Dave. Yeah. No, I wonder though, if, because it was you first, obviously. And then the other Dave came over. And what if the no, other. He, he knew the other Dave first. Oh, because I was thinking, but what if he, what if Mike's son liked you more? Then the other day came over, and he was like, oh, this Dave. And then the right. other day felt the competition started bringing fun things. Oh, wow, yeah. What if you'd just been one-upped? I might have been one-upped. Well, I don't know what happened. I mean, clearly, you were somehow. The kid likes me, but he likes Serengeti more. You know, I like Serengeti more. <laughs> Let's <That's>, be honest. <laughs> if you didn't, that would be very narcissistic. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so then he called you Video Dave. But yeah. were you already performing with him? No, no. Um, so then I started, uh, like, because we... Because we were doing music videos, like I produced mm-hmm. a bunch of music videos for him, and we were working on that. And we were doing some other work for another sh- uh, project that he has, and and while you were doing this, were you also doing reality TV at the same time? I wasn't doing reality. I'd kind of taken a little break from reality. Mm-hmm. I would take whatever gigs I could get, a few commercials, mm-hmm. short term stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I wasn't working reality when I left New York mm-hmm. um, for that time, and then uh, I don't know. Uh, he, we were talking, we were doing work, and then Mike was like, yo, if you came on tour, what would you do? And it was like, I'd do this video project. I had this idea of mm-hmm. doing these video projections. I'd never done them before. And I assume he knew that you did music. Yeah, he knew I did music back in college. Like, but, he, but he also knew I wasn't actively still, I wasn't really pursuing the music mm-hmm. career. Like, mm-hmm. I stopped doing that back in Miami. Started working TV and production and all that. Um, so it was just, it was this idea of, projecting video against him while he was performing Mm -hmm. so we did that for like two tours and it worked out and it was good then there was just this weird situation where like uh i was doing something like serengeti was opening for mike and and i was backing up serengeti like i was on stage with him and singing along doing background vocals did a verse or two Mm -hmm. and i was kind of like hosting the night Mm -hmm. and uh, i got completely wasted and i just had a great time up on stage like i let Mm. loose had the most fun and his managers are in the crowd, and I guess they liked what they saw, and they were like, maybe we should give Dave a set. like, I've been drunk every night since. Yeah, and I've never <laughs> stopped drinking. And My art will disappear. <laughs> and it was just, it, so So then when they're like, oh, Dave, you can have a set. And I'm like, oh, like, should I work on my music again? I'll mm-hmm. come out and do like eight, nine songs. And Mike was just like, you know, just do something else too. Like, mm-hmm. make it video-centric. You know, we could do some songs if you want, but... Mm-hmm. I think your set should be different from the other stuff we're going to see that night and put up and make it video centric. Oh, that's cool. And that's, that's where my set came from was just Mike's idea of like, you know, you should make a video centric set. And then I have this, I've been mixing music and visuals for many years. That's mm-hmm. like been a theme of mine. So yeah, it just kind of worked, but definitely the music was first, which I think was your question you asked me about 20 minutes ago. So yes, <laughs> the music was first. But it's like, you Tangent. know what? I think tangents, especially when it comes, I don't know, when it comes to stuff like that, I think it's really important for people to know the process of stuff because I think a lot of people go to a show 
And then they just assume that it's like, like you sat down and you were like, well, I'm going to write my set now. Yeah, no, no. Like it's a whole, all of it is a process. And the way, you know, there was this analogy that I was having a deep talk with an Uber driver the other day. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about people with like information, how people a lot of times don't, especially which I find fascinating when it comes to news, right? Like people will prioritize all kinds of random information. Mm-hmm. Um and then when it comes to news, they're like, well, just give me the he- headline. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, I can't boil down like 400 years of Middle Eastern conflict history to mm-hmm. a headline. Mm-hmm. Like, it's way more nuanced than that. Yeah. And what's fascinating to me is I would love to do a social experiment where like you took that same person on a first date. And then you were like, oh, so tell me about yourself. And then they start to get into it. And you're like, eh, yeah. can you just give me a headline. Yeah. Just spoil it. Spoil yeah. Like yeah. 140 characters. Go. Like, they'd be pissed. And it's like... My head would explode if somebody told me to do that. I, my stories are so long. You'd be our first guest on, on this dating show. Let's find you a lady. Let's <laughs> make it... <laughs> set you up and watch you oh, implode. We were, just, we were just talking before we started recording about how, how I get angry, like, maybe once every five years. And he was like, what? I'm angry every day. <laughs> yeah. You'd be pissed. Yeah, oh, pissed. And walk out of that restaurant right away. <laughs> um... Yeah, and so I think it's that, like, that level of context of someone's journey is so important to, mm-hmm. especially, like, um, have you, there was a really good Freakonomics episode about incrementalism. Like, are you familiar with incrementalism? Oh, no. So it's it's basically the idea, like, it's, um, you, I mean, it's, I, did you read Outliers? This, with Malcolm not. Gladwell, it's the whole 10,000 hours thing where if you put in oh, okay, uh, okay. that whole thing, right? Yeah. Which, that book could have been a brochure, but you, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> it's a helpful book. You needed more hours. Yeah, you needed make, more hours. You make this book about you, doing things for 10,000 hours and make yeah, it a long read. Barnes & Noble can't sell a brochure for fifteen ninety nine. <laughs> so, um, So, it's like, you know, we all, that process of like plugging away at music for that long and plugging away at video for that long, you incrementally understand not only what message you're trying to convey, but you understand the software that you're working with better. You learn more about music and video and visuals. Um, And then as like more options and styles come out, you know, with software upgrades and whatever, like we just have different things available to us. Mm -hmm. And so I think it is important to kind of share like the journey, especially Mm -hmm. when like, I think we hear so many times from people who are already, like, you know, at their... Like, I think about how many interviews there are out there with, like, Satya Nadella, like, the CEO of Microsoft, who's great. He's mm-hmm. super smart. But he's the CEO of Microsoft, right? Like, and our past and our futures are basically, like, simulations. Like, mm-hmm. the only thing that's real is right now. And so when when you're close to, like, your own development you can speak more honestly and openly about that. And I think it's important for people to share those, those like, you know, our roller coasters of life and like that sometimes stuff takes a while. Like mm-hmm. we're not all, when I hear, I used to hold myself to this crazy standard where I would like read interviews as a kid and teenager with other artists and people would be like, like with Jay-Z where they talk about like, oh, he just sat down at a piano and he was yeah. so good as a kid. And I would sit down and be like, I'm not good. I'm a failure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, and then it was like, okay, but like, also, that's his mom. She's always yeah, going to think course, he's amazing at whatever he does. Like, calm down. And, like, so I think the development and plugging away and, like, getting better incrementally, they call incrementalism, like, one of the, what do they call it, like, the eighth wonder of the world or something like that because it, it happens with, like, personal development and skills. And then it also happens, it's what they use to talk about um, compounded interest, like, with money, where it's, like, 
you know, your credit gets worse if you don't pay mm-hmm. for it. And then, like, your money will goes crazy up with compounded interest or whatever. So I think it is super important to share all that stuff. Um, and so when it comes to music, like, I just, I don't know, like, I guess I have so many questions. Because I've had a few different people with music backgrounds and musicians on mm-hmm. here. And I think it's so fascinating, like, what everyone's different like approach to things are and mm-hmm. I think oh here's a question that I've been wanting to ask they keep forgetting to ask performers Good. do you like how do you deal with nerves before a show um it's not it's, it's not an issue it's not a problem like really? yeah the nerves are there of course I'm not trying to say I have no nerves before a show definitely mm-hmm. do but I've just been up on stage I've performed so many times that like that that's just it's, that they're there yeah. and that's fine like I know that they're gonna go away yeah. immediately oh yeah you keep like the the thing like oh yeah well they go away once I'm not there. yeah like and I I'm, I just know that so that's not even an issue I, I get nerves before like a big shoot now really like, yeah that that's much more nerve-wracking than being on stage in front of some people doing photo shoot or video shoot or both uh video shoot okay like yeah and is that because you, like, what, what are your nerves around for that? Oh, like, you know, the whole imposter syndrome. Like, this is not going to work mm-hmm. at all. Like, it, like um, the last shoot I did is a, it's a project I'm working on with Hannibal. Mm-hmm. And, Burris, I yeah, assume. Yeah. And, I just wanted to confirm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Barca. <laughs> um, and it just turned, like, that night before that, I was just like, oh, my God. Because it was like an independent thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not like when I work reality, it's the same show I'm working. I've got a, it's it's like a machine. The show I've been working, the and shows I've been working. Yeah, this was like a you know this was a project, thing. personal thing. I'm working with someone, and and presumably you're both crew. putting money into it. Yeah, and and time and resources. Mostly his money. Looks almost all his money. I, well, I didn't want to make assumptions. I don't yeah, know. I, I we it. just met. Yeah, yeah, you know, I bought myself a candy bar. So. And also, I don't want to like minimize what yeah. you're contributing to. But I'm just saying that it's also like when you're partnering with something on. Uh, with somebody on something it's yeah it's like you're like i don't want to be the reason this doesn't work exactly exactly and i guess being on stage yeah like there was a little bit of nerves when mike and his team asked me if i would want to open that was nerve mm. nerve-wracking <clears throat> but honestly once i came up with my set like when i came up with my set i just i really had a lot of faith in it mm-hmm. like, that's awesome it yeah it 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 was really a good feeling. Like when I came up with it, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be good. This is gonna work." That makes me so happy. Yeah. And and then things changed. It's not exactly what I came up with. There were some things that I wasn't uh, like. They weren't the greatest. Right. And I had to change those things. Which is all part of a process. Yeah. But I knew overall. I, I knew it was a good set. I've been to so many shows. I've done so many shows. And I was designing a set to work. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it that people would want to see right now? I know they right. don't know who I am. I know. And what is it that you want to communicate about who you are? You know? Yeah. Put your phone on silence, yes. sir. What a good beast. Great. What an animal, I am. No manners. None. Um, <laughs> well, at least it was that nice little ting ting <laughs> instead of like the just like, you know, harsh ones that they come out with sometimes. Um, and so then. So that shoot made you nervous, and then how did you feel? Did that go away once you started, or were you nervous through the whole shoot? No, that didn't go away until we were editing. Well, it went away during the shoot because, okay. because the shoot was just hilarious, and good. we were definitely getting good stuff. Is that out yet, whatever you guys no, did? No, no. Okay. I wish I would, I would spill my guts if I could. When it's out? Like, how can people find it when it is out? That's to be determined. Okay. But, I, I wasn't but, sure if you could talk about that. Or, yeah, yeah. It will be very findable. I, well, presumably, if you're, you know, if you have 
a computer and the internet, which yes. you will need to listen to this podcast, or at least internet, <laughs> you can just look up Video Dave and Hannibal Burris at some point in time. Yeah, there's some things out there. Right? And you'll find yeah. existing content that can really set the stage and then be blown away yeah. by the final product. Oh, wow, so. you're good at this. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. That is what they can do. I did not work at Enterprise, yeah. but I do my best. <laughs> um, uh, so then, and I ask that because I'm so interested in how people, I think it's interesting because I've seen some people be nervous before a show, you know, and some people get wasted. Um, some people, but that being said, some people will like be nervous and then power through it. And some people will just hype themselves up. Like you see some people just getting all like, you know, Mm -hmm. jumping up and down and being like, no, this is going to be great. And I just think it's interesting. Um, and I think it's also interesting to share that stuff because there's just such a variety of ways to, to manage Mm -hmm. like stress and that kind of stuff. And what I really wish if I had the money, I would love to do like tests on people of like varying types to be like, okay, well what's the healthy way to manage that kind of stress? I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I, uh, what is my, I, I obsess over it, and then mm-hmm. I just power through. Yeah. And, like, that, yeah, that's how I manage. I mean, you don't have a choice, right? Yeah. It's like you can't just be like, well, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, that's I, insane. I totally obsess over everything and think of all these different possibilities, which mm-hmm. I suppose, you know, that's good. That makes me prepared because it's like. Right, because you've thought through all the, all the options. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it, it can be a bit exhausting. What's I, your sign? I'm a Pisces. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It was just my birthday. Nancy. Hey, oh yeah, that's oh my goodness, happy birthday. Thank yeah, it would have been. When's your birthday? Uh, March tenth. Oh, okay. It's it my dad's birthday. Oh really? Yeah. Good people. Indeed. It's I'm my a birthday fan. Twin. Yeah. Well probably not twin. Yeah, yeah true, true. <laughs> I have one birthday twin. I met her and we were born the exact same day. Wow. Yeah, she been, she's cool. She was she's a fun person. I'll text her sometimes on our birthday still. Oh that's like, sweet. I like that. Happy birthday twin. Because that was my first time I ever met someone who Literally had the same birthday. Same birth and same year, I mm-hmm. assume. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. super cool. Um, so then, well, then let's dive into, let's dive into the reality TV stuff. Oh, you want to talk reality? Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we've been, we've been talking fantasy this whole time. Yeah. Been going on. You're like, I made that up. I don't need music. It was an illusion. No. Um, um, okay. So, God, I have so many questions. Okay. So, um, what kind of shows have you worked on? Um, a whole bunch. Uh, I spent a majority of my time, like I started in reality in like 2010, maybe 2011 mm-hmm. as a camera operator. Right. And, um, I was on Team Mom 2. Okay. And then... There was a 2? I thought it was just Team Mom. No, there's a whole franchise. There's Team Mom, Team Mom 2. There was a Team Mom 3. Oh, I just assumed it kept the same name through it. Like, they didn't say, like... No, it'd be different girls. Different franchises. Oh, different true. Girls. Yeah, I was gonna say they didn't say like Jerry Springer one, Jerry Springer yeah. two, but you're right. They had different names. There was right. Ricky Lake. Exactly. <laughs> okay, it's, it's this a new makes show. More sense. Yeah, like Doctor Phil was. You know, that's a spinoff of Oprah. Right. Yeah. Because they had the show Sixteen a and Pregnant. Terrible spinoff of Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. And from Sixteen and Pregnant came, like, like they did that show with these girls who happened to be sixteen and were pregnant, and they died. You know, they I wouldn't have filmed them. Uh huh. You know, very clear. <laughs> and then, like, then it's like, okay, that was done. That was successful. Well, shit, we could just go there's follow those girls. There's a whole bunch of ages like, of teenagers pregnant. Well, there's one way lot. to look at it is, like, there's gonna... there's more 16-year-olds. So, all right, we can do another season of the show because there are more pregnant 16-year-olds. On the other hand, we just learned about these girls' stories, so we could just follow these girls. And that's where mm-hmm. Teen Mom came from. So then 
after they got those four oh, girls. So it was those same girls that were on 16 and Pregnant? Were the same <gasps> moms. Then, I had no idea. Yeah, then they did like 16 and Pregnant with other girls, and then that became Teen Mom too. So they graduated? Yeah. Some of, some of them, the good ones. Oh, I was like, what happened to those babies? What do you mean some of them? Those babies are on TV like the Truman Show. No, but you know what I mean when you were like, some of them graduated, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, God, yeah. No, no, no. (laughs) Some of those babies have been on TV since the day they were born, like the Truman Show. I wonder if they'll sue their moms when they get older. I wonder. Because nobody asks them. They're not getting paid. I wonder. God, I can't wait. 15 years from now to see where those kids land oh are they going to be just well whatever I'm not going to judge their moms but that's so wild and so but but that's just one of the shows I've worked 90 Day Fiance I've worked uh, Super Sweet 16 for MTV I've worked uh, oh well that one sounds more fun Super Sweet 16 oh that was torturous that was that was the last reality show. How did you get stuck on all these teenage girl shows? I mean I, I got in through Teen Mom 2 and then it just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Got typecasted. You're like, I bit, never I want to have a daughter. I got typecasted. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible typecast. He only works with teenage girls. Well, you know, I don't, I, I don't mind. I don't hate the youth. You know? Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, and you stay, you know, you can stay in tune with youth culture. You gain a lot of slang, like knowledge and, and, of the youths. And you can, uh, like, say things to people and seem smart. Like, because, you know, they're young. You knew about Jewel way earlier than the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) So, that's so, and so then how do you get, I mean, so then I assume, much like most of the entertainment industry, then it just comes from people having worked with you, and then going like, oh no, I know a guy, like, is that how you get most of your work in that department? Everything, every work, I mean, this is a life question, almost every job I've ever gotten in my life has been because I knew someone. Mm. Like, I really don't like that, quite honestly, I think it's terrible. Yeah. But that's just the way the world works. Like, yeah. Y'all got to go out and meet people. Cause, well, and be friendly. Yeah, and, and be good at it, yeah. yeah. And you have to be good at what you're doing. But yeah. It, it, yeah, you have to be good at You have to be functional in yeah, your job. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. If you really have the right personality and you're functional, they'll bring you on. Because mm-hmm. you can learn, and they know that. But you can't teach somebody to not be a jerk. Like, yeah. You just can't. And, yeah. Or even just a grading personality. Yeah. It's like... True. That's some, hard to be around. Some people aren't jerks and they just don't read the room well. Yeah, very true. So, so yeah, all of my job, it's it, it's very connected. And mm-hmm. knowing, meeting one person and that person introducing you to the next person. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I think about it and I know the trail. Like, this yeah. person introduced me to this friend. Yeah, it's yeah. just been going. And so, how come... Um, is are reality TV and like regular TV, whatever that means anymore, streaming service and stuff, are they that separate that like it's like you've mostly just continued to work on reality TV or is that like your choice or like they, what is they are that separate. Okay. Um I have worked some scripted shows and mm-hmm. some other types of shows. Got one coming out with well, it's over Mike Eagle's show. But oh. I worked on his Comedy Central what, show. What's his Comedy Central show? The New Negroes. That's what uh, premiered. Oh, that's going to be a whole show? Yeah. I thought it was like a, I thought it was a show in terms of like live performance. Yeah, it, yeah it's been a live performance. But it's live a live recorded years. performance. Well, it's been a live show for years that they do monthly. Oh, I didn't even know and it was then, that frequent. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And then I'm it, so out of a loop. It turned into, it's that good of a live show that well, now it's going to be on good. TV. The cast is, is it the same people? It's it's a stand-up showcase, so it's, you know, different stand-ups every but time. But then if it's a show. Well, the, the host. Mike and Baron are the hosts. That was my question. I didn't know yeah. if it was the same. Okay, I didn't know who all in that group because they just did the show here at South by a few days ago, which right. I'm really bummed to not know about or not know about until after the fact. But um, 
So I saw that it was him and Baron Vaughn. Yeah, those who, are the hosts. Yeah, and so those of you who don't know Baron Vaughn, actually he was on um, Jessica, the girl I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. He was on her podcast, um, and her podcast is called, is called Ignorance is Hashtag Blessed. Mm-hmm. And I think he's been on her podcast at least once. Sure. And he's a funny guy. He's, he's the... Uh, Oh my God! What shows is he on? He's on is corporate. That, is that a Grace and, and Frankie? Grace and Frankie, yeah. which I love. Yeah. He is, yeah, I love that show. No, no. It's. I, I, I got into. Like, hope to be a hot old lady. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love that show. I, I liked the first uh, season, I guess, and then mm-hmm. I just you didn't keep lost up. Lost the vibrators. No, I just didn't keep up. Like I didn't, I didn't watch the second season. And, well, like, you know, I had no reason. I am yeah. impressed that because you know I think you might be the only man who I know that has watched that show. Oh really? I watched more the first than, like, season. I was. It, it was good. Yeah. I like it. I thought uh, I thought it was a little odd, like uh, the the two men who started who, who like get end up being get, yeah. together. I thought that uh, they seemed like at least that first season was like I don't think that they really want to like you know make out on camera. Like they didn't seem like a couple, you know. Oh uh, well, you know what? I think it could also be really good writing in terms of that being a generational thing. True. You know, True. like it could have been. Like the that, awareness they, they of that generation. They were in the closet all, all these years, and they're not gonna. Yeah, if they would have like flipped over and became became super effeminate real quick, that would have been odd. And and also, it would have been. I think that that would have been kind of like not a good representation of like the queer community of like yeah. oh that if you're gay all of a sudden you yeah, exactly. you have to be super exactly. that way that exactly. like they're still their same normal selves. True. True. Very um, good point. But that. That kind of yeah, that was, I, the only, that was like my only criticism. They didn't like, seem that in love, like yeah, that's even though I without thought. the physical affection stuff, like I I think they didn't seem that in love. At the same time, I'm like, yeah, that generation holds back a lot, and like even with their wives before that, they weren't super yeah. affectionate. So yeah, like, I, I did enjoy the growing yeah. friendship between Grace and Frankie. I know it was it's very so beautiful, very sweet. God, it warms my heart. I don't know why I didn't go back for season two. I just well, next I, time you're sick, give it a chance. That's what I, I do. Is yeah. I'll I'll revisit stuff when I'm sick. I have a lower bar (laughs) (laughs) um okay and so then can you walk us through then like what Mm -hmm. that means to direct you know because that's you know yeah um to direct a reality tv show like what does that mean and yeah um so like let me think let me think of which show that i I have so many questions i should have brought a nope (laughs) there's a lot of uh Emails and phone calls. You have to like learn the system of the show because every show is different. Every company is mm-hmm. different. So you got to go in there and learn like what you're trying to accomplish, what what they need, all that kind of stuff. Like, is this a funny show, a serious show? Uh, all that. Like, there's there's a lot to it. So yeah. you got to learn the system. Then, um, I've oftentimes been tasked with uh, reaching out to cast, kind of finding people. And and some of these shows, a lot of times, it's the only, this is their these people have never been on TV. Right. They're, you know, I've spent a lot of times in small towns or weird places. So it's just a lot of research and looking into everything and just kind of planning. You, you plan everything out. Like, what's, what are we going to cover? What's, what's interesting? What are, what are, what are our story points? So, because we can't follow, we don't do this 24 hour a day following people around. Right. Oh, like, interesting. Really? Yeah. That's like a big brother show or, or real world. Okay. They have multiple crews. I've never worked either of those shows, so I could be wrong. But, uh, from what I understand, they have like multiple crews, and like you know how they need these shots. Well, and they're might hook up at so night. it's yeah. like they can just it's leave a, cameras around. Exactly. Like on. I mean, the only probably one of the only reality TV shows that I've ever gotten into was um, America's Next Top Model. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they they definitely obviously just have basically the equivalent of like a probably fancier security camera that's yeah. there a lot of times. Yeah. Um, 
That's interesting. And so I guess within that, then it's like, because whatever production company or what network or whoever owns the show, who owns the show? Um, who owns the like show? Like, who sets I think the goal? Like, who are you asking? The production company. Okay. The production company usually, it's like their show that they came up with and they've shopped it around to different channels. So they're the ones Got who it. come up with uh, the Bible, the show Bible. Okay. Like, this is what the show is. And then presumably they would communicate whatever they pitched to the network to you, right? Mm-hmm. And go like, hey, here's the show. And then, you know, I, I think that's a part of, that's in fact why I loathe any time I've had like, you know, nine to five type jobs. Mm-hmm. I hate starting new ones unless I really like it because mm-hmm. it takes me, like what you're figuring out of like, what's the goal? Mm-hmm. It takes me like months to be like, how do I just adjust to all these new personalities? Mm-hmm. How do I know what they said my job is versus what they actually want? Right. Like yeah. the client says this is a goal, but they keep asking these questions that have nothing to do with that. Yeah, that happens. That um, happens. And so I actually, when I start a new job, I will not make social plans for the first, like, probably two or three months because I'm like, I need, like, ten hours of sleep every night. I need to be <laughs> left alone to, like, digest all this information. So responsible. Oh, thank you. I, I jump in. Usually that's, like, usually when I start a new job is when my I go back to partying because it's like... You're like, I have money. Yeah, like, life's, life's good again. <laughs> Drinks on me. Not me. It takes me... I'll be like, if I don't have six months of savings in my bank account... I'm making coffee at home. Reality TV crews have been known to uh, do a lot of drinking well, after rap time. Like, we're off, we're out in some yeah, town. I mean, that's one coping mechanism. It's a good time. What? <laughs> 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 I don't think, it doesn't, it's not usually as depressing as, people always think it's very depressing. It's, it, it, it actually is, and I've been more depressed doing other work. Like, oh, yeah, like what? The, the job that messed me up the most was editing porn. I did that for a while, and that job, it got dark. And I didn't, I didn't appreciate what I was doing at all. Yeah. Was it, were you in a specific category of porn editing? That company, uh, their main thing. Can you say what company it was? The Score Group. Interesting. Yeah. What uh, a terrible. Very bad name. Not feminist at all. No. This, this was the Score Group. I thought you were, I was hoping you were like Burning Angels or no, something. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of specialize in what they call big naturals. Like, they want big boobs, but not implants and stuff. Oh. And, you know, there are plenty of women. Don't here. old implants just look like big naturals? No, they're still, like, too round. Oh, uh, you know, yeah. You know, like, they want... Too rejuvenated. Yeah. They want they want a certain look. And, you know... <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to have to mark this episode as explicit. Yeah. We barely cursed on here. Yeah. But, you know, instead of... So, so I then, feel like... Like... So, uh, also Davis Black, and but I feel like if you were my skin tone, I would see that you were blushing right now, because he will make eye contact with me. It was weird, and <laughs> poor he's still he's fidgeting his toes <laughs> around. <laughs> he's clearly still traumatized by this experience. Well, because the, and because I don't want to come off like, but all right. So the company specializes in big naturals, but because it's porn and there's like fetch, so then it really got into m- oh. very big women. Like, oh yeah. Like they're like BBW. Yeah. Stuff. So their okay. tagline was just like big naturals, but then they also had the whole BBW segment and, and just things that, you know, honestly, like they weren't my tastes of porn. Well, and, and truly if you're editing porn, not, nothing is your taste while you're editing it. Exactly. And that was the thing I learned that I didn't understand. Like going into it, I took the job. It was like a last resort. But I was thinking to myself, like, well, you know, I like porn enough. Like, this could be fun. Like, am I doing this from home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to be in an office? Because this no, could get weird. Definitely in the editing bay with a bunch of other editors. Oh, God. And those other editors really thought it was funny for, like, oh, the new guy. 
why don't we give him the biggest possible woman we have? And like, Which is like no mean warning. to both of you. It it's is. like also like, what are you saying about large women that you're like, hey, hey. Yeah. You know, that you're being like disrespectful to literally the people that are getting you paid. That are getting you paid. But it, then I learned the tricks of the trade with like the real skinny guys with the big women and the, mm. give them the smallest possible vibrator and stuff like that. And there was a lot of that. They switched no, me over. That makes sense to me. I'm so uneducated they, in this department. They switched me over <laughs> once. They were like, oh, you want to try something else? So they gave me what was like a legs video, which I thought was great because, you know, legs. I like legs. Yeah, and like, that, like porn is weird because genitals are gross. Yeah, well, <laughs> I thought a leg video was going to be legs. That really turned oh, into no. like a lot of kicking and stomping. And, weird. Yeah, it's like people who have foot fetishes and they want to see a man's face get stepped on. And it was weird stuff. It was... That is... How long did you do that for? Oh, God. I did it for about six months because... Uh, oh, God. I was sober for six years and I was like, no, Dave, no, no. you have to go to therapy. I'm for sure you could find someone who will donate their time. For about six months of that. I, I I stopped being interested in any kind of contact or sex or conversations with yeah. women after like two to three weeks. Wow. Like, really? Yeah. I, I felt gross. Like, and yeah. I, I felt like people wouldn't want to know what was going like what i was doing right were you were you hesitant to tell people what you did for work i did i was i was very hesitant to did tell you people. lie yeah like or yeah i edit i edit and then i oh, talk about yeah. one of my previous Other things that you've yeah, done. projects that i just edit. not what you were yeah. when did you start being open with people editing porn like after you were not doing it no no uh i used to go to this restaurant that i also used to work at before uh-huh. i was editing so i'd go back there and my roommate was the bartender my roommate now nelson uh so he started telling people because he found it to be hilarious. Of course he did. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't think it was funny. So I'm sitting at the bar and Nelson's oh, cracking no. up. And, and he's like... Damn and he, it, Nelson. Yeah, I, I was I was upset at that. I already first. don't like this. No, no, no. But then, but then he like... Like he sent someone like these these really attractive women. He was telling them and they were like giggling. They're cracking up. And I'm sitting at the end of the bar like, oh man, that's embarrassing. And they come over like, oh my God, you have to tell us everything. Uh, and it just like switchy. I'm like, oh, you're like, oh, this people is like, find this interesting. This like, is the equivalent of taking a dog on a walk. Yeah, like I, I didn't have to look at it from like this is gross. But then I was like, oh, well, right. yeah, but there is a lot of funny stuff. And and then when I just like focused on the other side of it, right? Like, Dark comedy I, at its finest. Yeah, and I realized how much people wanted. Like everybody wanted to know. And then yeah. when I realized that, it was like, oh, I don't have to be ashamed of my job. I can be like people want to know. So then I would tell everybody. I was you telling just, all my stories. You said that in such a, like, Mr. Rogers, like, <laughs> you don't have to be ashamed. You can just be yourself. Yeah, everyone. You're exactly who you, we want you to be. Yeah. So, oh, have you watched that Mr. Rogers movie? I did. I cried. I cried oh, like a baby. Oh, man. So beautiful. I, I fell asleep halfway through, but it's beautiful. I so loved far. it. I love Mr. Rogers. Me too. I really, uh. Why can't everyone be that way? I'm, I, Mr. Rogers, I, I mean, I still want to work in children's programming. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm working on a little project with a seven-year-old I know. Really? Yeah, it's the cutest Aww. thing. Where did you find a seven-year-old? Um, my best friends. From <laughs> like, two of my like best friends. My, my best that? friends are all seven years old. <laughs> no, two of my best friends. When I like, I was at that same bar and a seven-year-old walked <laughs> in. <laughs> when I used to work at that restaurant that I was just talking about, it was called Gordon Beer. I used to work at GB in Miami. And, uh, when oh, got, so you were editing porn in Miami? Yeah. Oh, well, that's why it was BBW stuff. Yeah, it was wild stuff. And because, you know, honestly, it didn't occur to me that was porn was made outside of, like, the valley. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, they make it in Miami. God, it's, it, it is, for listeners, like, so I grew up in Southern California, and, like, 
in LA County, partially, and then in Orange County, uh, partially. And you, it is very easy when you grow up there to feel like LA and New York are the center of the world. And you literally just forget that things happen other places. <laughs> it's terrible. I really, I remember, um, like, I remember people would move to other places voluntarily. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, what could possibly be good in, like, Detroit? You know what I mean? I'd yeah. be like, what do you mean you went to, like, Indianapolis? For what? <laughs> For what? Like, I was just like, the only places within this country that make sense are L.A. and New York. Like, and then I went to San Francisco. I was like, oh, this place is nice. Great. And then I moved there. Yeah. And then you're like, wow. <laughs> but I <laughs> to yourself, like, did you ever sit to yourself, like, what did you do? Or no, you, I really you, like, liked it. You turned. You turned I turn really liked it. No, I never turned. I still am just like, well, San Francisco, L.A., and New York. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just expand right. I'm like, whatever the... the I'm think, some kind of, like, light version of, like, city form of xenophobia, where I'm like, these are the only things that matter in this. No, but I will say when I go to smaller places, I do really value, like, I think... I like other parts of the country they have really good communities. Like, mm-hmm. I, I was really impressed I have... My grandfather's brother lives in um, Wyoming, and he lives, like, three hours outside of Jackson Hole. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was very cool about that, about it, visiting him, was that when I was visiting, I was flying in, and he was going to drive the full three hours to so pick me up, which is, like, really generous. You know, that's, like, a lot. But also, what other choice did we have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're in the middle of Wyoming. Um, and I thought it was super cool, because then, basically, it was, like, a... Like, you know, you realize that humans are just the original social network. <laughs> they would, they called around and then they get back to me and they're like, hey, actually, we called some friends and it turns out one of our friends, they said that their brother or sister or whatever is like driving through Jackson Hole the day after you come in. So we called another family friend who lives in Jackson Hole and you're going to stay at their house mm-hmm. when you land. And then the next day, this lady will come to that house and pick you up. And amazing. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And she wasn't even going to where they live, which is a place called, like, Du Bois. Um, she was going, like, two hours past that, but it was just on her way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. That like, is cool. I don't think most of suburbs that I've seen don't have a community. I've noticed that it's, like, very urban areas. Like, any kind of, like, very densely populated area has more community than a suburb. Yeah. And then very rural areas um, have community. But, like, the in-between... So it's really more of just, like, that's kind of more typical suburb mm-hmm. that um, I have a hard time with because you can't walk anywhere. Yeah, I hate that. All the houses look the same. People think it's weird to talk to your neighbors, mm-hmm. which I think is, like, weird not yeah, to. Right. I live near you. Yeah, and, like, you're a human that I yeah. engage with. Like, if I say hello to my barista, why would I not say hello to the person next to me? Like, yeah. it just, it's I very odd. Agree. Um, and, and perhaps it's even, like, the type of people that a suburb attracts is more of what the issue is. Yeah. You know, the kind of person who's like, well, I just want to buy a house and have space and not have to talk to anybody. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're why I don't like this place. So, <laughs> um, and then also just, you know, the history of, like, how suburbs yeah. came to be yeah, is, like, probably part of the reason why I don't like it. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm. There's an underlying element. That, yeah, that I don't think. <laughs> Something feels amiss here. Yeah. <laughs> Can I tell you a little clip of a, yeah. the first children's movie I did? Let me just take a quick break. Uh, in real life, this is where Dave and I got completely sidetracked. Um, I mean, I guess not really. It was on topic for us to go look at his videos. Um, I highly recommend you go check them out. They're super cute. You'll hear a brief sort of just like section where 
We are wrapping up watching the videos in this. Um, and just a quick plug while we're here in this section where I am ooing and aahing over the cuteness of this adorable, like, um, video series that he's been working on with his friend's kid. Um, so a, another quick plug for Soothe. Um, I highly recommend getting a at-home massage. Use code LZ, L-R-Z. That's great. Um, you can also, if you look at the description of this podcast, there are different promo codes for Instacart. It's how I get groceries delivered. I'm a huge fan. Um, you can order from a plethora of grocery stores. It's my way of like sticking it to the man a little bit and not shopping through Amazon. Um, I get stuff delivered from PCC or Wajumaya or Lassen's or Gelson's or like just depending on where I am. Um, and I use it and have stuff delivered to Airbnbs, hotels, friends' houses, when I'm saying friends' houses, my apartment, uh, spots that I'm dog-sitting or house-sitting at, and it's great. So please do use those. It helps support the podcast. Um, I'm working on getting, like, proper, proper sponsors. Um, it's just an infiltrated market these days, and it's a little bit wild, and um, there's not a ton of metrics out there. So um, any, subs like, just, I guess, obviously subscribe. But ratings and reviews really do help. Please take the time. I know the Apple Podcast app is a bit of a pain in the ass to navigate, um, but your patience is appreciated. All right. Enjoy the rest of the conversation between Video Dave and myself. Oh, that's so cute. So if you look at video underscore Dave on Instagram and you go to his post on January 9th, you can find this video and it's awesome. And what's, how do people find you on YouTube? Uh, I'm the Video Dave. The Video Dave YouTube. Video Dave. The Video Dave YouTube channel. Is it literally called the Video Dave YouTube I channel? I believe so. Like all, all of those words are in it? Because uh, pre precision counts. Let me look. It, it does. It does when it comes to the internet. Yeah. SEO will mess you up with a name like Dave. Oh, yeah. It is literally the Video Dave channel by Video Dave. That's the kind of way that's, I like to brand things. It's, that's, that's up my I head. like it. It's very, like, 1950s. Yeah. Like, this is David Maxime's Lemonade Stand, yeah. poster by David, <laughs> David Maxime. Yeah. I really liked it, that kind of stupid redundancy. It's not stupid. It's, like, I think it's, like, I don't know. It's, like, lovely and earnest, in I, my opinion. I find it fun. But, yeah, so we it made that fun. project, and that was just our, like, preliminary project just to see if we could do this yeah and we made that with the calico critters and we're working <laughs> the pro our current project uh, it's, on, it's in production and so wait is this something i want to know scheduling wise how do you schedule this time well this one when i say i, I use these words because it, it feels official to me but this is i like this is one of my favorite kids and when i go visit her mm -hmm. that's what you guys do yeah so I assume you're friends with her parents. Yes, yes. And so you're like, hey, friends, good to see you. Please go away. We have a video to work oh, on. Oh, those three days, I think we made that in like three or four days. Like, yeah, we were working. And she would she would come up, hey, can we work on the movie? And oh, I, that's and, so sweet. And I was what like, a lovely yeah, kid. I would drop whatever. She's like very lucky, I feel. And also I think it's so cool when you interact with kids that way, which I feel like is it's insane to me how many adults I meet that like have just never hung out with kids. Mm -hmm. But like... The freedom to be reminded, and the hyper-awareness of how much our brains have died, but the freedom to be reminded that, like, oh, you can just make up a story? Yeah. Like, I think that a lot of, especially, like, high school and college, really, like, unless you have a creative major, um, you just miss that. Dave is now showing me this, like, 
it's like the island in the kitchen, presumably where they yeah. shot at the house where they shot this, but like all the little. What are these considered? These these are called the Duffy Buddies. The uh, Duffy Buddies. Yeah, I made these for her. You made these? Yeah. Oh my gosh, you and my mother would get along great. <laughs> well, it was her birthday, and, I, and we're in the store, and I'm like, "What do you want for your birthday?" And she pointed out this little make your own stuffed animal kit. Oh, so I, so I this makes it. more sense. I was like, "You picked out all these fabrics." Yeah. I thought so. He, no. There's like a penguin with like orange, like pink cheeks and stuff. And like, if my mom now that I'm zooming in, I can see that it is indeed from a kit. This makes more sense. Yeah. But I was like, wow, you designed an octopus and a penguin? Yeah, oh, God, no, I couldn't design. I I was like, whoa, do you have a background in, like, fashion? Like, this is crazy. I I made these for her in, like, the three days, and then she asked if we could make a movie with these. And I was like, of course we can. Yeah. But then it was months later, we were just playing with the calico. She asked me to play with the calico critters. You could be Mr. Rogers. So so we were playing. I will be one day. And then... As we were playing with the calico critters, it was like, all right, well, we're working on this. We have to finish this. I wanted to, like, teach her that lesson. Like, we need to finish this. Yes, something that perhaps I've never learned. (laughs) But then it was like, all right, so we're going to make this movie with the calico critters. I mean, with the Duffy Buddies. She named them Duffy Buddies. And she gave them all names, and they all have different little... She, she, she decided so cool. when she was her boys and girls. God, I hope she never, like, lets that part of herself go away. I don't think she will. But speaking of design, so then... When I started selling my video Dave t-shirts, then uh-huh. I told people, the first 10 people, to buy one and post it online that I'd make them their own stuffed animal. So these I made. Oh, for that's real. so cool. Like this, this girl loves her dog so much, so I made her her dog. And then this is my friend who's a firefighter, so I made him a fire truck. And then, that's so, where, Who makes these kits? Um, some company. Where's my bag? Oh, it's I okay. The, I forget we, the name of the company. I'll put it in the outro, and because they're actually really cool, and also it makes me want to do that with my nephews, because I have three little nephews that are like very young. I mean, this like this guy this is evil penguin. Well, no, he it's a, it's a grackle or something. Like he had an Instagram page filled with these drawings of this bird. They have those here. Oh. So those are those yeah, wild birds. Yeah. Okay, well, so. I was with some friends. In fact, if you're listening to this episode, you probably already listened to the episodes with Brittany and Jessica. Um, if you listen to this episode, you are lost. You're like, what is this guy talking about? He cannot <laughs> so stay on this topic. Episode, you probably smoked a lot of weed already. <laughs> this guy can't stay on topic. Or your phone froze, or you <laughs> fell asleep. I was actually, when you were talking about, like, you wanted to teach her the lesson to finish something, I was like, I was this close to being like, I can't even finish a thought, <laughs> let alone a... <laughs> A movie? That's like a feature film, if you ask me. God, do you know how many domains I own that I've just never built the website oh for? There's like I know. half of like a WordPress site built for boompook.com. Yeah. Boop poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, this should be a video podcast. The face she just made. Well, if you put a mirror under the word boob, it turns into poop. Well, it's I, funny. I never. Ever it's like of a that. good thing, hopefully. <laughs> Next to like the worst thing, and so what I wanted to do as like a narrative, and if you steal this idea, good for you. But if you, <laughs> what I wanted to do is like a narrative, also just on like in the era of sending nudes, is that I wanted girls to take a picture of their boobs and then take a picture after they took a shit. And submit them, and then I would build. I wanted to build this tool that would automatically turn it into a GIF, so that it flashed back and forth between like, you know, my friend. I would venture to say my network is like an attractive network between like nice boobs and then Dookie, and the confusion where you're watching it and you're like, I want to see this. Oh no, I don't. Oh, but I'll stay for the. Ah, yeah. And then it goes, man. They would stay. They'd watch. Right, 
And then if you, depending on how you laid out the page, whether it was like singular scroll or if it was like a grid, it could be all. You have some interesting ideas. <laughs> I like the way that your brain works. Um, then I started a podcast instead. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is probably not the best use of my time. No no grant is funding this yeah. project. You're just going to be like, there used to be this blog that I thought was hysterical during like blog house era, like probably 2007, 2008. There was this blog where this guy used to just auction off. I, either he auctioned or just flat out sold stuff that girls left at his house. But he must have, like, only hooked up or hung out with or whatever. Like, really trendy girls. Because it was always, like, really kick-ass. Like, shoes or dresses or, like, random underwear and, like, stuff like that. And he would sell it. That's funny. And Kinda it was my weird. favorite. A little bit creepy, but maybe not if he was funny about it. Yeah, it wasn't creepy, really. It was just like, hey, this is... I think it was called, like, shit girl left at, girls left at my house. And he would just sell stuff that girls left at his house. Jeez. It was awesome. I got a lot of girls there. Or he was just being like, come on, please, I'll buy it from you. It'll be good for my blog. Yeah. I bet you a lot of it was fake. Actually, yeah, I should think that. This We've was pre-Tinder, it. so like... As soon as I, I mean, produce reality TV, I should be able to fathom. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're like, really? How could you get that to happen? And then she rolled her eyes? <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, okay, so they give you sort of um, like the direction of the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, back, back rewinding, to that's the questions you've asked. Yes. Um... Back to the past. Off the tangent. In the future. Mm. Um, so they give you the direction for the show. Mm-hmm. And then casting-wise, how do you pick what cities you're casting from? That kind of stuff is above me as the... Someone else decides. Produ- yeah. like They're like... I mean, I assume... Am I wrong that, like, some of these cities... Clearly, these weird cities are not being chosen because anyone wants to spend time there. They're obviously being chosen for tax breaks are. and stuff like no, that. No, you go where the person is. Like, there's a lot of inbred people in this part of <laughs> No, because I'm, I'm thinking of even other shows I've done. Like, uh, you just go where the story is. Like, there was a show I did called uh, Deadliest Job Interview. Okay. And we went and shot in Texas. Uh, like, oh, well, that like, makes sense. Yeah. Because uh, that was truck driving. Just don't get shot in Texas. Well, no. <laughs> I just, I was, <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. Listen, I was in that truck with that guy in rear on like day three or day four, maybe day three. And he turns to me and he's like, you know what, Dave? Usually I got a Confederate flag hanging in the back of the truck. But, you know, they told me that I had a black producer and I didn't want to make you uncomfortable. But you're well, a real good guy. Like, actually, he, thoughtful. I'll it be was. He was I'm just, impressed. He was just admitting. Like, he was, like, and then we had a whole conversation about it and, you know. Interesting. And he was a good guy. I, don't, I definitely don't want to throw him under the bus. Right, he was, right, he was right. a nice guy. But, yeah, he's the kind of guy who. But it does say something, and I think that there is something, especially with where the country's at right now, with how polarized um, people, especially online, are like, and perhaps hopefully people are at least somewhat different in person in their daily interactions. But I think that there is some sort of interesting thing where it's like, yeah, that person is still racist. That's not to be minimized. But human enough to go like, oh, yeah, that's going to be uncomfortable for that person to have the foresight and not be like, well, we're going to see how yeah, he feels. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's watch been, his face when yeah, he walks That would have been uncomfortable. Yeah. But no, he was totally cool about it. And then he told me stories of how he grew up and in group homes and mm-hmm. some of his best friends were the other kids in the group homes who obviously some of them were black. And it was, you know, and his... Interesting. It, it, listening to the whole story, is just like, man, this, it was one of those, ah, this is America, huh? Like, this is... Yeah. Because he You're was like, a good guy. I would have judged him too. Yeah, I would have. Oh, I would have judged the <laughs> shit out of him. But it was day three, yeah. and like by that point, me and him had been driving in this truck. Like I, me as a producer, 
I was the only one in the truck and the sound man was in the back. Mm-hmm. But he had to like, stay behind the curtain. So just, just me and him sitting in this truck. Was. Yeah. Driving through a hurricane. Have you watched... The uh, oversized load. God, really? Mm-hmm. It was Deadliest Job Interview. Oh, literally? Yeah. Oh, my God. So what was the job interview? Well, that was the reality TV part of it. We're like, he already had the job. But, uh, oh, okay. And the way we made the story was that, like, you know, this is his big job. And if he could pull off this one, then his bosses and let him start taking bigger jobs. So like, he's been one of my drivers. Because he's a but, driver. Yeah, but if he steps up and shows me he can pull this one off, then he's going to get the lead driver job. But this is a deadly job interview. So, like... It wasn't super deadly. It was like, a deadly job promotion. Yeah. Did he, did he even get a promotion? No, nah, probably life? not in real life. Um, but did, So do people like that get paid for being on the show? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But um, Presumably, can you ballpark number-wise? Like, uh, You know what? I really can't. I, have, I honestly don't have an, a clue. I would guess maybe 3,000, 4,000 okay. is what I would guess. Just for the one episode? Yeah. For like four days, five days of work. And then... That makes me wonder if the boss gets paid, too, because some bosses, especially in that industry... Well, the boss was in the show. Was in oh, the, the boss episode. was in the yeah, show. Okay. We interviewed him, too. So, yeah, he definitely was getting a cut. He was like, well, yeah, you did get a raise. The yeah. three or $4,000 they paid you for Basically. the show. Basically. Good luck. You want health insurance? <laughs> um, Good thing. <laughs> Figure it out. Join a union. But, like, they had an oversized... Like, they would tow oversized loads. So, like, I had to call them. Like, I was calling for weeks and weeks and trying to plan, wow. like, what shipment are we going to do? Like, I'd be right. on the phone with the boss. And, oh, we got a train that we're carrying next week. Like, why don't you all just come down? And I'm like, no, sir, you know, we have to plan this. We can't just come on down. Like, we have to make plans. Right, because so, there's, like, what, like, at least four or five people that are Yeah, coming. it was, like, an eight-person crew. And, like, we got to right. be in hotels and we got to get permits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, there's all this planning. Just come on down. Y'all can come down tomorrow. We got this going on. Some kind of used car service. Yeah, every time. And I spoke to him over and over. And it, y'all need to just come on down. And eventually, it was one of those phone calls, like, he's the one who told the guy that he would have to take the Confederate flag down. But in the phone call I had with him, he was just like, so, I mean, black lives matter. I mean, all lives matter. Like, out of nowhere, you know, with no, there was was no way for him to be sure that I was black. Like, you know, I'm sure he picked up on it and he was right. But there was no way. It's like, this is the weirdest conversation I'm having right now. Just out of no... I mean... <laughs> yelling out hashtags. Just yelling shit. He was a crazy guy. But, you know... What I love about that is, like, obviously, you had... To, there had to be a hurricane for, me, for it to be a deadly job to be. So, like, the intersection of a heavy load and a hurricane... We didn't plan the damn hurricane. Of course we didn't. We, that was not part of our shoot. We Wait, find, really? Then yeah, how is it a deadly job interview? Because it's just like oversized shit. Like it was a big crane. So it's like technically this is a dangerous shot. But it wasn't that deadly. It wasn't that well, exciting. thank God for the hurricane. Yeah. Was that your best rated episode? I, the show didn't do so great. Oh, um, I can't imagine why. Yeah. <laughs> no offense. I'm sure you did your job. I did, I did what I could do. But <laughs> like the thing that he was carrying it wasn't... got confused with the deadliest catch and people were like, there's too much death. Too I much can't death. tell. Uh, was, and we were driving from like the... Basically, the Mexico-Texas border up to Oklahoma. From McAllen, by any chance? Were you in McAllen? Mm, I can't remember. We, uh-huh. we started in Houston. Then we had to drive down uh-huh. to, like, right across the border from Mexico to pick up the... The heavy lift. Yeah, but like, it was like a crane or a wind turbine, some shot. It was mad muddy, and, like, then the hurricane comes, and, like, then it turned actually really deadly, like, because... Were you scared? No. I probably should have been, but I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of cool. I've always wanted to ride in an 18-wheeler. Like, I got to ride oh, yeah. up there with him, yeah, and pulled him. Like a little kid? Yeah, it was awesome. It was Did great. Did flash you? 
Do you no, remember that? No, I, I did. I should have asked. I wish some. That would have been a cool story. If you're listening, I'm sorry that I'm so gross. I just, when I was a kid, I remember there was a whole thing, and maybe it's just the trash people I knew when I was growing up, where, like, you would, you know, encourage a truck driver, you'd make sort yeah, of like a pole. Yeah, you'd encourage them to honk, and they would honk. And if you were an innocent, kind person, you would just be like a happy child in the car, and then some girls would just flash the truck driver as a thank you. Wow. Yeah. I played this game a million times in life, and there was never any flashing. Oh, a million and one will... My <laughs> whole childhood involved me trying to get truck because drivers. Because you're not a girl. Yeah, but my sisters are there, but thank God. We well, just, that would just be wasn't, yeah, very uncomfortable. Quite uncomfortable, but we not, we, I'm just saying that <laughs> I know people were... Because you're not a girl. We didn't know Dave. that this was happening. Like I just thought truck drivers were honking their horns for happy children. I didn't Maybe know that I they were getting boobs out of this. Wow, somebody sitting next to you just wanted to see your boobs. Is what it, no, this is what everybody Well, does. I would never do that. <laughs> um, okay, so then what was my other... Oh, my, here was my other question, actually. Um, how have you seen... Because how long have you been doing reality TV? Since, uh, like, 2010, maybe 2000. Okay, so that's a fair amount of time. Mm. How have you seen that industry shift in the last eight or nine years? Um, there have been more concerns with, like, safety and stuff, because it was really... What kind of safety? Like, for the for everybody? For like, everybody. physical safety? For everybody, yeah. Like, making sure that there's security there. Make, like, not getting involved in certain type of events. Like, you know, 10 years ago, you would, might not have needed extra permission to go film at the axe storing place. But today, you'd have to get another mm-hmm. safety evaluation. Because it's mm-hmm. like, how about, if something, how about if somebody goes crazy with an yeah. axe? How about if somebody misses? Like... So, which is good. These are like good I things like because. I think axe throwing and not a shooting range. It's a really interesting choice. <laughs> well, because I've considered going to the axe throwing for, but a, never for a, a shooting show. range. I've never been to a shooting range. I don't have much interest. Huh. I have a little bit, quite honestly, but I don't know. I don't love guns. That's a fair. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. yeah. And they're very loud. Yeah, I don't. It, I like shooting, like like Nerf guns or laser tag or what. Yeah. Like I like shooting things. Yeah. I like. But I just don't really love guns so much. I haven't been to a shooting range. Yeah. But I kind of do want to go because, you know. Why, America. It's America. And yeah, like. There's not many places in the world you can go to a shooting range. I don't want to own a gun. But no. I, I should know how to use one, you know. Yeah. At the very least. How about if somebody runs up and I get this drop on them and I actually get to like punch them. And then right, I get, and and I get my hand on their the gun. Right, and then I don't know what's, what's going yeah, on. Like, yeah. I don't. Fair. I should at least know. You're like, what, where is it? I'm sorry. Do you mind? Yeah. Can you. Is this thing safe to use now? Yeah, will it fire? Let right. me see. Like, you know, in movies and, like, somebody, like, when the guy's holding someone at gunpoint and he's like, the safety's on. And then the person looks at it and then they knock him off. That would be me. Like, mm-hmm. you ain't going to do nothing at gun. Oh, I won't? Not with that safety on. Is it? And then they would, like, whoop my ass. And then I'd look and somebody be like, that gun doesn't even have a safety. That like, sounds oh. like a naivety, naivete I'm, issue. I make up these a situations. A global problem, myself. not a... Did we cover my naivete? <laughs> <laughs> Did we cover that? <laughs> I can be quite naive sometimes. Same. Um, as you heard from earlier stories prior to recording. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then, well, and around that, how much has safety around, like, mental health stuff changed? That Is stuff, it? yeah. That's improved, too. Like, more mental evaluations and pe- more rigorous uh, screenings and stuff like that. that mm-hmm. all, all the kind of things that... Uh, Is there less, like, emotional abuse on during the shooting of the show? Emotional abuse? Oh, so did you ever, did you hear about that piece that came out from, she was like a showrunner, I think, for The Bachelor? Hmm. Um, she, there was like this huge New Yorker piece out on her, and she also has a show that was coming out 
whatever her role was on The Bachelor, it was like she was like, an, it sounds like what you do, mm-hmm. basically, where you're an integral part of the show. And she would do stuff like make the girls cry in the car just for the shot oh, and things like that, you know, yeah. and like mess with people's heads. And it really messed with her, too. Yeah, luckily for me, the shows, I, like, like, I don't want to say too much about Teen Mom because right. I work on it now. And yeah. I, but, but I can say that luckily we, like, I haven't had to do stuff like that. That's good. Like, if you work with someone and you know what conversation they're having, then you know they're going to cry. And if that's good for TV or whatever, like, I've been part of, like, hey, you know, make sure you get that shot. Like, she's, yeah. she's crying. If yeah. you move over a little, it's going to look better. Like, right. but I've, I've not had to plant an Induced idea. To, yeah, tears. To, okay. I, I honestly, I did induce tears on a shoot kind of somewhat recently, but it wasn't a trick I was trying to play. I just... You were just mad, I brought scaring up, someone. No, I brought up a point of conversation that the two people, they had both said that they wanted to talk about this, and then they're sitting there in the room, and they're like, so are we done? Like, they're having a somewhat, you know, intense conversation, and they kind of want it to end, and I'm like, well, you know, there is this thing that both of you brought up, maybe you should discuss that. Mm-hmm. And that brought out tears, but it was a very healthy conversation, honestly. right? Which is a very different thing than yeah. like messing with somebody yeah. or duping somebody exactly. or whatever. Um, and yeah, and she was saying that she had some kind of trick that she would do where she would keep maybe was it I don't know what it was. She would keep something that would hurt to put in your eyes in her pocket, and she would put it in her own eyes so that she would cry to get them to cry. Oh my! Yeah, it was no, wild. that's going too far. I mean, I'm a crybaby. I'll cry. Anyway. I shouldn't say crybaby. I've been crying a lot more recently. Yeah. So like. I cry at, like, every movie, basically. I I cried at Spider-Verse. I cry at everything. I'm like the Incredible Hulk, but with tears. (laughs) Oh, I wish I could think of a word for sad that rhymed with Hulk. It would really serve me at this moment. Do you you remember in the movie when it's like, but don't you have to be mad? And he was like, my secret is, I'm always mad. And then he, like, instantly turns into the Hulk. That's like me. You're like, wouldn't you have to be sad to cry? It's like... (laughs) What do you think? Yeah. Oh, man. God, we could talk about sadness for a long time. You know, I could I, talk about sadness for forever. I feel to, really good about it. There used to be something I would never talk about. But honestly, it's, it's since my, my father passed last year, and then it's, I turned into a crier. Hmm. And, yeah, that's what happens. Let it out. You know, there's like a whole, I think it's like really healthy to let that stuff out. Because yeah. otherwise you're just, I mean, yeah, otherwise it's not healthy. Yeah. And I think I'm actually really glad to be alive and existing at a time when I think it's more acceptable now than maybe ever before to Mm -hmm. talk about vulnerability and Mm -hmm. talk about like that and even have the words for that because I didn't even know that certain things I was avoiding because of that word because I didn't have the word for it and you know like language is so like we don't if you don't have a label for something that you're especially with emotions like I'm not a big fan of a lot of certain labels for things, right? I'm mm-hmm. like, let people be people and stop, like, bucketing them. But mm-hmm. when it comes to feelings, like, when you're not able to describe what you're feeling, like, how could you how possibly... You figure yeah, figure out yeah, and figure yourself. out the root of it and, like, yeah. be able to explain the nuance, especially, you know, in managing relationships. Oh, yeah. When someone's like, well, how are you feeling and why, why won't you talk to me about this? Mm-hmm. And then you don't have the words. Like, I know I would immediately turn into, like, a toddler where I would just start crying. And they would think I was sad. I'm like, no, you don't understand how frustrated I am. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like like I want to, like, hit something. Yeah. But I shouldn't. Yeah. And so I'm just crying. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, it's now that I cry so much more. It's like I don't 
I don't know if I'm getting anything from it. I guess I have to be. Mm -hmm. But it's not like this thing of like, oh, now I'm going to cry and release. It's right. just they just come up. It just happens. Do, but, you, do you think that the, the shows that, from in your experience with reality TV, do you think that they're also more sensitive to the crew? Like, not just the talent who's on camera. Do you think they're more sensitive to, like, what kind of... Uh, oh, yeah. We have to get our background checks and our mental... Well, not necessarily mental evaluations. But you have to take that into account. Like, who gets to come? Who, Like, it's a camera operator... But we're going into people's houses. Right. So you have, to, like, the crew becomes very important in, in their attitude and how they are. And if they're friendly and polite and hygienic and yeah. like, all these things matter. Like, we're going into someone else's home. And right. We're, we're gonna no, have but to I mean, are they worried about you guys? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when it's like you're working on, you know, potentially pretty heavy subjects. Oh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, well, yes, yes. I, I had, and, uh, Pretty bad experience with um, a show called... Oof. You don't have to say the name if you don't want to. It's okay. It was, yeah. So it was a show. It was like an engineering competition. Okay. And basically they launched things very far. Uh, pumpkin trucking. They were la launching pumpkins with like catapults and pressure cannons. And the, but you build your own machine. Uh -huh. And it's a long-running competition. It was really cool. It sounded so corny when I took the job. Right, but no, if but it's like, the engineering, that does sound cool. Yeah, and, yeah. It was, and you get out there and there's these teams, and some teams were scientists with fiberglass, and some teams were a high school team with just metal parts, and like, and it was mm -hmm. really awesome. Um, and uh, there were two producers, there were two people who had the title of field producer, myself and another one, and you know, there's 100 people, such a big show. There are thousands of people at this event. There are hundreds of people on our crew working. Only two of us are the producers. Mm -hmm. And we're walking around at the end, like last day, last shoot, maybe 10 minutes before. Like It was like, hey, let's all rendezvous at this point. We'll shoot the last scene. And then, you know, we're done. Great shoot, everybody. And everyone's mm -hmm. in a good mood. It's like two days before the election. Um, the 2016 election? Yeah. Well, we were all in a good mood before that yeah, election. The Cubs just won the, the Super the World Series. I was, Cubs and pitcher sports. Yeah, I don't Cubs. even know anything. <laughs> I didn't know the Cubs were a baseball team, but I know damn well that the Super Bowl is not in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> the Cubs have just won the World Series. I go to this week of work. And that last shoot, like, we're all walking towards the same place, and one of the machines backfired. And, <sighs> like giant piece of metal flies in the air and lands like in the crowd and everyone like there's the hush over the crowd and we were far away but it was like oh that's not good so we continue walking me and my team and we get up to a point where like now they've got yellow tape and it's like oh this is really not good like something happened because yeah. they're separating this area it's like ambulance and stuff and just people being concerned and it's like oh man what you know what's going on this is no good then i turn my head and i see the woman like the line producer for our for our team just running top speed and I've never seen you know the look on her face I was like oh shit it's one of us like there's no reason for her to be so concerned unless this is you know someone I mean, she's I responsible would, for I would be that concerned if it was like a if stranger. It was stranger you would but for her to be running top right, speed right. like she true she has nothing to like yeah it, it was just clear to me the yeah, look on her fair. face and her yeah. it's like she because that's her job she's always in charge of people mm -hmm. so <clears throat> Sorry. That's fine. So then I'm standing around and everyone's trying to figure out like who it is. And someone comes and hands me a walkie-talkie and it's the other producer. It's like her name on the walkie. And it was like a stranger. It was just like, here. Like, they looked at my walkie like, here, I think this one, this is you guys. And I look at this and it's her name. And it's like, holy shit. Like, now I know that she got hurt. I don't know what though. 
Yeah. Then a few things start trickling back through the crowd. Someone got hit in the head. It's not looking good. All that kind of stuff. Fucking helicopter shows up, comes down, flies her away. And then the stupid ass police department puts on their Facebook page that someone died at the event. Luckily for us, she didn't die. But like we thought that she died. And it was lucky for her she didn't die, but it was very like she That's fractured horrible. skull. And, yeah. She lost some vision. She had to relearn to walk, relearn to talk, all this kind of stuff. And uh, because you asked if they care about us, um, you know, the shoot shut down immediately. And yeah. Then they all like sent us home. They, you know, and they called us all the next week and like they're like, hey, we set up for a grief counselor to come in oh, and that's good. talk this out. And maybe only seven or eight people showed up. But I kind of feel bad for all those people who didn't show up because that was real helpful shit. Really? Like, yeah, to sit in that room and talk with, with the other. Mm-hmm. And, like, we all realized that kind of all of us, like, hadn't gone outside for a week. And I was wow. like, I haven't really left my apartment. And I've been worried about my friends. Like, I'm on yeah. the phone with my friends, and they say they're out somewhere. And I'm like, you know, maybe you should go home. And, like, everyone else was like, yo, Aww. that's been happening to me, too. Thanks. And then we all just, like, sat there and talked and went and had drinks that night. And it was such, it was so helpful. To have Interesting. That. And like, I really thank that company for setting that up. Like, yeah. you know, they didn't have to do that. But then, I don't know, a few years later, I got a phone call from some lawyer, and it sounds to me like he was trying to throw her under the bus. I don't even know if that situation's resolved yet. What throw who? The girl who got hit? Yeah, because it was like questions about, like, well, they told you guys to wear safety helmets, right? Well, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, a piece of metal flew through the air and yeah. hit it. Like, and like, she like, had a helmet on. It doesn't matter. It was a giant piece of metal. Like, yeah. Mm. And, well, didn't they say to be careful around machines? And it was like, yeah, she was hundreds of feet away. Right. Like, I don't know who. I don't know who that person. It was a lawyer that called me. I don't know whose lawyer specifically. Right. But yeah. it was just uh, it, that rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. But the absolutely. company did take care of us in the immediate aftermath. That's and good. She, she woke up from her coma, and Donald Trump was president. Oh, go back to sleep. I would be like, put me back down and let's how, see what happens when I wake how up. How did she take? How did she take that? But she, she was cool. I've I've spoken to her since, and like now she can walk again and speak and has a good amount of vision back. She's done. She's done reality TV though. Oh, what did she move on to? I don't know. When I, well, when I spoke to her, she wasn't working yet. She was still doing physical yeah, therapy fair. and stuff like that. That would take some time mm-hmm. for sure. So, yeah, that that was a TV story. That's wild. Yeah, that's really interesting. Huh. Anything else you'd like to share about reality TV that you think most people don't know or should know? Um, not even just reality TV. People should just know that, like, TV is produced. It's, I, I, I just, I, it blows my mind how, how real people think TV is. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not even trying to throw reality TV under the bus like it's, it's just no, TV. Like, yeah. It's a very high stakes. There's a lot of money involved. It's not accidents. These commercials, whatever you see, it's not an accident. Um, I mean, accidents happen, surely. I mean, clearly. That girl getting hit, yeah. Nobody planned that. <laughs> but, uh, you know. I'm a terrible person for laughing. I'm sorry. I'm, I, come on, I told this story. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm horrible. You're like, I told the story. I opened myself yeah. up to your cruel sense doing? of humor. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, that is, you know, I was actually talking to a friend about that the other day because I was talking about, and definitely, please know, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, but I'm in a lot of, like, um, I don't know, I can be a little bit of a culture vulture, and especially in terms of mainstream culture, because I think I am pretty 
siloed in my own world of like people that I surround myself with. So I think it's important to know, you know, what just normal women talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't understand it, you know, but I try to, I'm like, whatever, like that's still most of people, you know, mm-hmm. in this country are like this like group of people that I feel like I'm probably kind of out of touch with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm in a few Facebook groups of like pretty significant amounts of women And there's so many things that I see people post where they're like, oh, um, I'm getting married. Um, Here are the dresses I tried on. Which ones do you like most? And my assumption would be you're trying on wedding dresses. But they're trying on, they have like their bridal shower dress, and then they have their bachelorette party dress, and they have the ceremony dress, and then they have a separate reception dress. And I, it's It's a bit much. It's a bit much. And in my head, I'm like, where, because I was like, kind of like, okay, well, it wasn't always this way, right? In the same way that there didn't used to be like a baby shower, a gender reveal party, like yeah. all these extra things. And I'm like, oh, I really wonder how much of that is just people watching reality TV. People, because when else do you watch weddings on TV, right? Mm-hmm. It's like not really, they don't really make that big of a long, drawn out thing about mm-hmm. weddings anywhere else on television. Um, and you watch these things and then. They're normalizing this super consumerist perspective. Yeah, Yeah. and, like, even with my Super Sweet 16, like, I've done work for that show before, too. And I was like, like, you're telling 16-year-old girls that they need to press their parents to have this crazy party or, like, they're not worth anything. When, like, most people can't afford... Like, I know my parents would tell me regularly. Like, well, not regularly. Every year on my birthday, which... Happens every year. <laughs> like, hey, either you get a birthday party or you get a gift. You do not. Yeah. Like, we're, we're, we, we can't, can't afford, afford both. So take your pick, you know? Yeah. I mean, I did work that show and it was, I didn't I didn't love that experience. Um, I, I also worked uh, Say Yes to the Dress spinoff. Really? Randy to the Rescue. Huh. Yeah. Mm. What but, were your thoughts on that? Well, I was just there doing, like, the back, like, I guess, you know, they shoot the day that they pick the dresses. And then they decide which of those three women from that city are going to make the episode. Mm-hmm. Then I went back to shoot, like, in their house. Like, hi, my name is this, and here's my husband, this is what we do. Like, uh, the background packages. Yeah, yeah. So I went out to shoot the background packages. Fun times. Nice people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I didn't. I don't have any crazy story for Randy to the rescue, but it was... It would be weird if it's you just did, a, Yeah, it's just a show that I worked... I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what a crazy thing could happen in that, but I guess anything could happen. Any, and people are on TV, they want, they're hoping they can be on TV again. A lot of these people, this is like what they're hoping could be a big break, mm-hmm. you know? And I think, yeah, and so it, it just, when I see people sweating, spending that much money on stuff that they don't need, they're probably never going to wear again, that they're literally just buying because they think it's like the, like, you know, trendy, Instagrammable, whatever mm-hmm. thing to do, when really, like... You're the only person who cares that you're wearing all those dresses. And, like, mm-hmm. you're spending all this money and you're buying dresses you won't wear again, which is, like, just not sustainable. Yeah, it's, like, I don't get it. super consumeristic. Like, it, it just really makes me go, like, hey, you don't need to be doing all that. Like, you probably don't need to do a new dress for any of those things except for your actual wedding. Yeah. And that's... Even then, you can buy right, them used. That's like, loose word of... Loosely tons using of the word worn once wedding dresses out there. And also, there's just a lot of dresses that you could wear for a wedding that are not a wedding dress you don't need to go out and spend seven thousand dollars on a dress yeah i start deconstructing the whole thing it's like why why all of it but then you know if i'm ever lucky enough to get married i'll probably do whatever that Uh, person a lot of whatever that person wants to do 
Well, yeah, I actually the Uber driver on the way over here, he was actually annoyed because the wedding the wedding planner and all the wedding vendors were not letting him be a part of the process and he like cared about what was going on. Oh god, that would I never Never. And he was like, he was like, I like to know what's going on. He was like, you know, even now we have a baby, and I want to know why we picked this lotion. Like, did we look at the yeah. ingredients? You know, he's like, and there are things that I care about. And they kept just telling my like fiance at the time, now wife, like, what do you want? This is your day. And he was yeah. like, hello, yeah. like I'm not a prop. I'm part of this. Yeah. I'm not a show pony. Don't just oh, parade well. me around. That's that's gonna be me, Grimzillo. No. I want. I that I don't even really care for this show that much, but that show, Girls, made me realize what I want, which is I want to just tell my friends and family, like, oh, yeah, we're having like a barbecue or whatever. Come on over. And then just be like, ah, we're getting wedding. married. Yeah. yeah. This is the wedding. Because I don't need to stress it. Right. And they'll nonsense. be like, oh, my God, is this the announcement party? No, this is the wedding. Yeah. <laughs> put, on, put on your seatbelts, kids. I can't believe blood. you surprised us with an announcement party. No, no, no. This is the wedding. Yeah. Well, because I, I don't need to stress, like, all the... Oh, everything. If I showed you the, the best wedding I've ever been to. I Please sh- do. Well, I we shot probably, it. Wait, hold on. Don't do that yet. Okay. Hold on. Please hold. Yes. Um, what do you want to hear? If, if you know, my whole thing is I'm asking people what they want to hear the behind the scenes of it. My hope is to actually make your dreams come true. Um, what do you want to hear? What would you want to hear an episode about? I, because you warned me and gave me a chance, I thought about it a little Don't bit. Don't tell the other guests. Not everyone got that lucky. Because I have really good first answers. Because you listened to every episode of this podcast yep, before we met this today. Was coming. He's a big fan of my work, ladies and gentlemen. The biggest. <laughs> um, I think I'd be, I'd be interested in what sex workers have to say. Uh huh. Because oh, that's good. I would love that. I know something like that. Yeah, I'm so curious. You know, like. Yeah. So many stories are coming out about imported or native. You know, like human trafficked, or they're from here. Oh no, I, I I would be more interested in someone who does it purely by choice. Oh, like, okay, cool. Because I want. Yeah. Because like, unfortunately, yeah, I don't. We've wanna, heard the human trafficking yeah, stories. Yeah, and that's a you know that's a bit dark. Where you know important story to tell, but I enjoy listening to someone who like who Chooses, wants to make some, like yeah. they put themselves. Yeah, on. and they can they can do other things. Yeah. They can have another job. Like this is just oh yeah, I do sex work. Okay. I find that interesting. Or I think a nurse. A nurse would be very just someone a nurse in the, in the hospital. Okay. Because they, oh man, they see I mean, some both stuff. People are caretakers, I suppose. Yeah, and then a third, th- I've got one more caretaker. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe a therapist, but they might. Yeah, it I might be sensitive. I might, thought about asking my therapist to be on it. It might be hard for them because they can't say a lot of things, but I'll tell him he can say whatever he wants about me. Yeah. I've thought about streaming my therapy sessions many times. I've shot therapy on reality. We've shot like really? people in therapy on an episode of the reality show. Huh. Yeah, I've actually one thing I've been thinking about doing and like pitching to a few different blogs and stuff is I've been thinking about taking my notes from therapy and just publishing them in mm. case other people have the same issue because I take a That's bunch of notes during my therapy. That's really interesting. So I've, I've never done therapy at all. Oh, it's I just started a while ago when I realized I had the uh, the sudden I'd been through like a several year depression. I don't really know how long it went. I just kept getting worse, and then I was like, <laughs> oh man. If you don't think sunsets are really that interesting anymore, you might have a problem. <laughs> and um, and then there was one day where I had the like thought in my head of like, oh, I guess you're just invol- involuntarily stoic now, and that's just who you are. And I was like, oh, that's not okay. You mm. can't just be that way forever like a robot. Mm-hmm. That's not good. And then just sit in your house and cry at night for no reason. Like, you might want to do something about that. So I started going to therapy. 
I found someone a block away, and he was nice enough. A block. So, yeah. Mm. So I said, well, I, I knew I wanted to see. There's a Debbie Millen interview I listened to, and she specifically sought out a psychotherapist. So I learned the differences and figured out I wanted a cognitive therapist or a psychotherapist. See, that's, and I, yeah, a I, would, I would need to figure out, if I was going to do it, I'd have to figure out who I want. And it seems like so much. Oh, God, it's worse. It's like... The, it's a very difficult thing to pick. Yeah. I almost didn't go to him because he didn't laugh at my jokes in the first session, and I was like, I don't know. If I could do I've been hearing the word neurotic to describe me recently. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. I thought you were no. to tell me that. No, no. But people have been telling me I'm neurotic. So oh, I'm I like, think people just like throwing that word around. Like how a few years ago they threw out OCD, and you're like, I was just fixing the rug. It was people wrinkled. Say, I, they say that about me too. They're yeah. just slobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be my response. <laughs> but well, I was gonna say that like. Well, every time someone says it, I'm like, I don't think I'm neurotic. But then I start acting real neurotic about that, like them saying it. And then what what would happen if I tried? If I decided to go to therapy and find a therapist? Oh my god, I see so many issues. Like, I was what held me back for years, and finally my friend was just like, just do it. She was like, I thought the same thing. And then I realized I was just making excuses. Where I was like, oh man, it could be Pandora's box. I might not be able to leave my house. Yeah. But I will be honest, what I do when I go to therapy, and if you're listening, keep listening because this is a tip for your life. Therapy matters. If you can, like, there are also, you can find cheaper um, therapists if you go to, like, a therapy school where they're, like, getting in their equivalent of, like, residency or whatever. Um, so you can find approach, cost mm-hmm. effective, use Talkspace. Uh, go listen to the read. They have a good discount code for Talkspace, I think. Anyways, um, A is that I take notes which is very helpful so that you don't forget stuff because, mm-hmm. and I give myself probably an hour ahead of time where I'm not on my phone or anything and communicating with anyone to really think about like, okay, how have I been feeling? I keep notes for my therapist. So I literally write in the notes app, like for therapists so I can find the notes I took mm-hmm. easily. Um, just so that I'm making the most of the time and not just going in, you know, mm-hmm. what if I go in over caffeinated like I am today and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, well, everything's fine. I don't really know why I'm here, you know, and then have a meltdown. But I also make sure that, afterwards like that I don't have any plans so that I have time to like really think about what went on and like if it if it was like um actually I started seeing a like homeopathic naturopath like doctor mm-hmm. recently and we had a conversation about she was like yeah your like heart and um expression chakras are completely closed up like mm-hmm. and she was like but you're not ready for us to work on those and I was like I agree yeah. I was like you're gonna need to give me warning so I can make sure I'm my schedule's clear wow. for a day or two afterwards so, yeah, but I worry about the same thing, mm-hmm. and I think if you find the right fit, um, it actually is more constructive than anything else. I, I suppose I'm open to it. Now that I've said it on a podcast, I really must be over the part about, now like, I don't I want anyone to know that. you with your therapy. No, it's like, cause I'm like, I wouldn't want anyone to know that I was thinking about therapy, but, because, yeah, the stupid stigma, I know. But, it yeah. is a stupid stigma. But it's there, but it's it's real. You're in, That's... like, the underground music scene. Everyone goes, everyone <laughs> wants to do a therapy. But calm down. All comedians talk about therapy now. No, it's, it's so uh, cliche. No, I'm joking. Oh, God. Like, I, like, I don't, like, that's my concern. Well, you know, I wouldn't want to, it's so cliche. I wouldn't want to be like these other trendy kids yeah, seeking help not, and, no. and wellness in their lives. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> They're happy. Give me rage or give me depression. <laughs> One of the two. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you. This was fun. Yeah, this was super fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of hashtag BTS podcast. Please be sure to find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you're at. We are 
or I am, whatever. It's just at BTS the podcast. Um, unfortunately, BTS podcast was taken everywhere, not by me. Um, you can also follow me across everything. Just look up Lene, L Y N A E, cook. Um, I have a newsletter called hashtag Ask a Millennial where I share a lot of insights on digital trends and content inspiration and just things that are relevant to people who want to know what millennials are thinking, reading, doing, consuming, um, or if you're looking for inspiration for your job or whatever it may be, um, it is useful for that. Um, you can, like I said before, I'm pretty sure, um, subscribe, rate, and review. Those are really great, great ways to support this podcast. Um, any promo codes that I share if you use obviously help me, but if you feel like helping and you're not interested in, you know, using Soothe or Hotel Tonight or Instacart or Robinhood or anything else that I plug, um, or you've already used those things, I would never turn down just a straight Venmo. You can Venmo me at at cook um, shoot me five bucks for a coffee, um, because that's how much coffee costs, five dollars. It helps keep me caffeinated, which helps, uh, make this podcast a little bit better, unless you're listening it, to it on two times the speed, and then I probably sound like a chipmunk, which, in that case, that's your own fault. Um, thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this. Please find Video Dave online and in a city near you. Um, he tours a lot with Open Mike Eagle, who is great, so if you see Mike on tour, um, Dave is probably there too. Uh, look him up. He's really awesome and find him on YouTube. Links to everything that he does is or are, however that is grammatically correct, whatever. The links are in the description of this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.